Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of the Snyder Cut. This is the last episode of 2019, the last episode of the decade. And so we're going uh, to end it the same way we started it with our pal Justin Kroll from Variety. It's scooper extraordinaire. Thanks for coming in, buddy. That is right. I forgot I was uh, your first guest. Wasn't first I? guest, and yeah, now we're ending the year with a bang. Uh, glad to be on. So this should be fun. Yeah, we're going to run down our, our best movies of the decade lists uh, a little bit later in the show, and I'm sure we'll talk about our, our best of the year. Uh, there was no overlap, was there, for you? Was there anything that came out this year that's on your best of the decade list, or no? One thing. Well, okay. One well, thing. we will get into that uh, a little I bit. I posted the list. You didn't see it. I know. I, I did see it. Okay. I did see it. I just didn't want to uh, spoil it. Um, top. Um, but I don't know. What did you want to start with? Do you want to talk about Star Wars? Let's let's get with that. That that's was the, the hot, big, that's the hot big thing, thing that week. happened this week outside of the Cats reviews. Um, okay. Yeah, do you want me to go? Like, How, how do you want what, to do what did, what did you think of Star Wars? I liked it a lot. Um, Real. Full, full disclosure. Well, we're going to get to – folks, we're going to get to Jeff Snyder's childhood of what he watched besides The Crow. We're gonna we're gonna have a little <laughs> therapy session because I've known this guy a while and the stuff he bags on it's like did your dad take you to the movies ever no but, no but, 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 hold on <laughs> hold on hold on so f- and now back full circle um my dad that that Star Wars is like Indiana Jones Terminator Die Hard this is one of the franchises my father and, and those animated films you that, have older brothers right no I'm the oldest. no you're the oldest okay, so forgive me. this this was like we when those films were remastered we we did a, a trill like. A marathon of the things like Star Wars was important to us growing up because it was important to Dad. Though. Yeah, and then okay. we we saw the re-releases when they came out, like seeing the actual screenings uh, or the when they when those prequels came out, which obviously were trash. Well, actually, I like Revenge of the Sith. We'll get to that later. Me so they, they were important to me, and I but I I also don't view them. I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not one of the people like you who didn't grow up with them, but I'm also not one of these super fans that put them on the pedestal where people are thinking they're seeing like. Godfather Part Two. I, I feel like there's the one thing of this decade is with between Marvel and Star Wars. There's this like thought process that like these films are are I, while they're very well made and stuff like that, they still can be. They are certain things. You're still talking about like you know Return of the Jedi is my is a great film, but we're still talking about can we curse on this. Yeah, of uh, course. Fucking, there's fucking little bears running around and shit. Like <laughs> like one of the main characters is a, is a tall Wookiee. Like, well, come on, folks. Like, think about the material and also like. The other thing that's crazy is like the the prequels were god awful. They were like so poorly written. They're very like action wise. I actually think like the, the lightsaber stuff in all those three are so much better than what they did in this. But like um like hate like you want to talk about one of the worst botches ever. Like for how great they did with putting Vader at, or James Earl Jones as the voice of Vader in the first three and adding getting such a great talent as Adam Driver to play his grandson in this one. Hayden Christensen, maybe one of the greatest. It's like Darko Milicic for the Pistons. Like those, but bottom line is those films were not good. So like when Force Awakens and Rise of the Jedi come out, it's like they, these films are still what they are. I think the original New Hope is great, but after that, they are science fiction. They are tent poles. So like to put them up there is why. So but at, back to my point, I walked in wanting a certain thing. I wanted to be entertained. I wanted certain things tied up. And that's that's pretty much it. Like, and that's what I got. I will agree. The first forty five minutes is very messy. Clearly, JJ was doing damage busy, yeah. d- damage control, and I think people like Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow got a story credit. He was they were 
fired, or he, Colin was pretty much fired before he was to take this on, and JJ had to come in and do damage control. So the, clearly, there was stuff he was patching up, including some of the Ryan things that he maybe seemed to disagree with. So that was the first forty-five. The hum- did you find like the dad humor where like the time timeliness of some of the humor was just like, why are we trying? Like, there's a sequence. Spoiler alerts, by the way. Where Adam Driver jumps at the like climax and he hits his ribs and he goes, ow. Right. It's like, why do you need that? I thought that was bad as well. And that's throughout the film. But like at the same time, like, okay, this is like what JJ's JJ thinks he's funny when he kind of really isn't, like sometimes. <laughs> so and then obviously the kiss at the end was just like where like we didn't there was no in like situation. I, I almost thought it was, the gay kiss? No, the which kiss? Oh no, Daisy oh. Ridley and Adam. Okay. It's like, where did this come from? Like, when have we ever like, like I always thought it was like almost like a brother sister thing. I never got like Carrie Fisher Han Solo type chemistry. That said, I was very these people that said it's boring. Like, here, I got a hot take for you, folks. Empire Strikes Back is not only boring; it's the most boring of the nine. I know it's great script, all that, that stuff. That is a hot take, but. Outside of the Battle of the Hoth, I got Barstool guys were all over me this morning when I put that out on Twitter. Um, that's boring. This was not boring. I was entertained. It, there was a constant set piece coming up. I, I um, The final battle sequence I really enjoyed. And there's things that tied up. I, I When people like rip this to shreds, it's like, what, what are we talking about here? Were, were we expecting marriage story? Were we expecting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Think about like – and we'll get to J.J. later – like. J.J. where like, I think he's talented, but I, he's not Nolan. He's not Scorsese. He does certain things, and when you're when he's writing and directing, he's going to deliver to a point. And that's where I'm, I, I feel like the bar was raised so high that we were acting like Star Wars were something like this, like, Godfather type thing. And it really wasn't after the first film. It just wasn't, folks. I'm sorry. I thought that uh, – I think that J.J. is a warmer filmmaker than Nolan. One more thing. I anybody who didn't like this, I have come around and been like, okay, I, I can see your points. I just personally, I enjoyed this, but I when and, you and now we're into the movie. I was like, what is going on? What is happening? They, they're just going from planet to planet, you know, meeting new characters who are being introduced in the ninth episode of this saga, which I thought was distracting. Um, I don't know. It just felt like they were, they were just going through the Star Wars motions and in search of. These various uh, objects, right? That that seemed like you know something out of Star Trek, and then the objects didn't seem all that important, you know. Like a Driver just crushes one in his hand, and uh, I forget what happened to the other one, but I don't know. It was. But that's. I mean, that goes to like. I mean, by the way, you just sounded like you described Infinity War, which I hated. So I, this, I, my, this was the Infinity War of Star Wars to me. Again, I looked back. I know I'm no, I'm I'm known as not being like a big Star Wars guy, and I'm not. But when I looked back at all the reviews, I was actually surprised. I gave them all two and a half stars. Force Awakens, uh, Last Jedi, then, Solo, Rogue One. All of them two and a half if stars. If I knew that, I would have told you not. Just don't even bother seeing this because I knew it. Like, yeah, this is a full star lower than that. This was just actively bad, I thought. I didn't like wow. uh, Finn or Poe or Rose Tico. I mean, you know, Ray, Ray was good, but I, I still don't know how, if Daisy Ridley's a great actress. Like well, that we'll get to. Everyone else is booking everything left and right. She has, she's not like booking anything. We'll, we're we're gonna get to like post star, like who like okay. succeeded. Like, I'm, but I, I am. You want me to stick to the movie for now? But but I actually am agreeance because it's like, what has her team been doing? Like, she's like the star of this movie. How are you not get, like? 
I'll give Boyega's team. Obviously, they, like Pacific, certain things didn't work. They're getting them jobs. I mean, right. we, he's Oscar, Oscar Isaac, we know for a he's fact working. that guy hustles and get, and he balances it. And Driver, look at his year. He's clearly Daisy's working. done. Ophelia. Was there anything else? Murder on the Orient Express. Ah, it's okay. like it, there's a couple things development, but it's like what. She's not. Is she in Broadway's like West End? Maybe I, I don't know. No, there's no like TV shows. Like all I know is is like Adam Driver is a movie star now, and this kind of really helped him get out of the girls. Right. And he used this to get marriage stories, and now doing the last like this that he is the biggest winner out of this. Daisy's probably I would say the biggest loser because just you just look. What's her next thing next year? She's nothing. It's like, come on, guys! Like, what, like work I, I, with I this. agree. I, you know, and, and I've heard of different projects where she'd be paired with someone who's a little bit more senior and, and more experienced. Because um, I think how is she maybe not got a Marvel a film? Second fiddle. How is she not up for like one of these Disney live? Like, I, I hope they're meeting with maybe her on she will Snow be White. Now. Maybe, maybe she will like be that. now that now that Star Wars is wrapped. But it's not as if like. All, these other actors were able right. to get jobs. That's like the Kelly Marie Tran thing. It's like, why, why, why didn't she in Milan? Like, why, why, why didn't they get her other? Is this is a team thing? Is this like Disney trying to help? Like, you have to put in the work a little bit. Like, you're if you're if you're not getting jobs, you need to start looking at the people you're working with a little bit. Like, that's part. Like, if they're not like hustling out there, like, you know, I I, I was super surprised. Like, we're getting a little off the topic, but I was a little surprised when um the, the guy from Aladdin said he hadn't had an audition yet. Right, and I was like. I mean, that's part of the industry. That's also like your team, man. Like, right. why aren't they using this to really like Naomi Scott's talking to people left and right because her team hustles. Maybe you need to like, like, if all honesty, I don't know why another agency didn't just pick them up at this point. And be like, I'll get you two jobs right now. Right. But like, that's part of this. So, um, so but uh, back to Daisy, I don't know because I haven't seen her really like stretch her her range outside of this. I wonder oh. if she'll always be Ray, the same way Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill was always Luke Skywalker. And I don't know what Mark – and maybe Mark was just like – and there's also people who don't want to deal with just like the fandom and they just want to like – maybe Mark – like Mark kind of got burnt out a little bit from what he had said. Sure. And that's why he never really did like you know, go like become like Harrison Ford or some of those other people. I mean if you think about Carrie didn't either, but that, was, that had more to do with her struggles I feel like than mm-hmm. her actual – um, but she still was doing so much more than Mark. But that's that's another. I guess we'll go post that. But like, keep going about your review. Why, why was the best moment in this movie? Again, spoiler warning: if you haven't seen Star Wars yet, turn turn off the episode and go see it, and then come back. But to me, the the, the best moment in the film, I think it's my favorite moment, was too. after her death and and when Chewbacca lets out this this roar. That's a great moment. I was going to say Ford when when Harrison says, "Hey, oh. kid, I love that." I didn't like his return at all. I mean, it, that's part of it. There's like, no finality to death in this world. Like everyone's well, that, coming back. It, I've come back as a force ghost. Well, that's. I mean, that's been happening since Obi Wan came back. So, like, if you're gonna get mad about that, like, that's just, then you're just not a Star Wars fan. But like, I love that. I don't know why he could do it because he's not a, a Jedi. But right. like, but I think it, it's like you're, I'm your memory. Kylo is yeah, the one. So he's not he, actually it's there. Like, it, that's it's like why we he both ghostly. lost a parent. Like, you could maybe see your mom one day talk to you when you're having a bad time. Sure. Like that's that's kind of what it's going on because. Because Han Solo was not of like like Mark like there's a shot at the end with Mark and Carrie they're Jedi's um, I was kind of surprised Kylo wasn't in that shot too I was kind of bummed you but the point is is like they're Jedi's that's why you didn't see Harrison Ford there or, or someone else but um, but the, but the Chewbacca scene but back to the Chewbacca scene I thought that was awesome too like the, the, they they could have had more of those moments but I also feel that like they had to I also didn't want a three hour film. Where that like I feel like JJ was trying to play editor a bunch of it, and I appreciated that because my problem with Last Jedi was too long, 
But like, did did you did you want more of those? Like, what, what I was actually I was surprised at how sh- relatively short it was, and I think it's still the longest Star Wars movie, isn't it? This one, yeah, I think so. No, the no, I think I well, Jedi's like ma- two ma- and a half ma- hours, ma- maybe you're right, maybe you're right. But this was like two two ten two. My point is, is the like unlike like these Marvel films that were closing on three hours. This right. film's like, well, we know we have an editor, we know our, our but it's our, just like, as as busy as those Marvel movies. And for me, it was just too much. I I got lost in it all, and and so I was just like. You know, letting it happen to me. I felt like my uh, my senses were under assault, and yet I was bored. I thought it was boring. Really? Yeah. I don't get that at all. Like, how many lightsaber fights can I watch? There's well, only then so that many, goes again to Star Wars. There's like, only so many ways I can watch people fight with light, lightsabers. I've been watching this, it for forty years. This, well, that's franchise is going to bore you in general. Like, like I, I can't help you on that one. It's like saying like it's the same thing with Harry Potter and the wands. It's just nine movies of people shaking a wand true. at each that's other. That's not true. There, there's chases and all stuff. You 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 watch one Harry Potter and judged all of them. So I, I, we're not even going to get on that topic. <laughs> um, so where where did Rise of Skywalker fall for you in the overall? So I did my Star rankings, rankings this morning. Um, it's fifth. Uh, New Hope is still number one. Okay, just, because what it did, it still like has that pinnacle. Sure. I I grew up loving Return of the Jedi. Like me the too. Jabba that the was Hutt. always my favorite. The, I like, love Jabba. Like like Luke Skywalker all black, like just straight badass. Like they and like I actually liked the. I grew up watching those Ewok like spinoff movies too. Mm-hmm. I liked Wicked and all those guys. I thought that they added some levity to this. Um, finally seeing the Emperor, the Lando stuff. I think Returns 2. 3 is Force Awakens. I thought that was – That was um, my favorite of the, tr- of the, the new tri- trilogy. trilogy. I thought yes. that they handled everything hot, like the stuff with Harrison and Adam. Mm-hmm. The action scenes are probably the best of the crew. Um, I, there was some stuff with Last Jedi I really liked. Um, fourth is Revenge of the Sith. The Same. darkness – like when they're like kill, like it reminded me of the Godfather. They were, the way they were killing off Jedi's. Like it's probably Hayden's. That's best the word. only of the pre only prequel that I saw. I didn't see oh, really? uh, Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. Um, you don't need to. Um, then this mm-hmm. six would be Jedi. Seven's Empire. I, I I know that's a tough take there, but like six I, is Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Okay. Sorry, seven apologies. seven is Empire, and then the uh, episode one and two. I give Attack of the Clones eight because like the action is pretty good. Django Fett. is the worst. I mean I mean Yoda's um, Yoda fighting is awesome. Phantomus is so boring. Um, I know they have the race; it's just kind of cool, and the double lightsaber scene will always be the best lightsaber scene of it all because it was unique. But it's so freaking boring. And Jar Jar Binks. I will. That's the thing about this one too is there was no real like annoying character. Like like I think every Star Wars has. Had I like the, the little new Boba Frisk was character. Cool. Yeah. The Did, okay. Quick question because you brought this up. Did you find it odd that Carrie never showed her face? Outside of like her eyes, that one time, like she was always Carrie oh, Russell. Oh, Russell, yes. plays like the the love yes. interest. Why, why cast her and then stick her in in a it's helmet? Like Gwendolyn like Christie all over again. It's like yeah. that makes sense for Gwendolyn. But if you're gonna go like a big star, like why isn't she well, taking that? Why does off? she need the helmet? As soon That's as she what, sees them, understand. she should be taking the helmet off. I don't get this at all. Yeah, um, very, but like that's that was because I mean, it, it could have used that extra female presence. I thought, and and like I mean, obviously I mean, you could tell she's, she's a there, female. I yeah, mean, she she's has the there, figure but of like, it too. But like, why are you not using like it? It was weird. an odd, odd choice. But um, so there's my thoughts. Um, you're the host. Keep... I mean, I, I, I we, let's just talk about JJ. Let's 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 yeah, segue. let's segue. This is important. Cause... So so this is a a crucial time for JJ, who's going to be you know he, he's moving Bad Robot over to Warner Media, just signed this like five hundred million dollar deal, uh, and people are wondering, you know, particularly in the wake of the bad reviews for this, like what does his next chapter look like? Because he's not doing any more Star Wars. I don't think he's not doing any more Star Treks. 
Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have the producer, but he, I don't, he's not – Noah Hawley's directing the next Star Trek. Mm-hmm. He's definitely – I mean, he's done with me. The franchise well, – He'd only they, be a producer on Star Trek, though, if they bring back his cast. Which, again, I have no idea why – I thought we've closed the loop on that. I think we I'm should. I'm still confused on the whole – like, what – Paramount – like, that's it's a, a whole other story. Um, Can but you like, believe Quentin Tarantino won't be directing the Star Trek movie? I mean, no. <laughs> like, what? Like, no, not at all. He never was that, going like, to, folks. Oh, God. But back to J.J., like – Again, I I think he's talented. I like this film, but this is his. Uh, if you look at the scores, this is officially his worst reviewed. Probably, I mean, yes. in, Into Darkness. I still think people were giving him the benefit of the doubt. They were a little mad about how the Wrath of Khan, the Khan stuff was handled. But I think most people still enjoyed that film more than the the Justin Lin version, which did not do well that he was not involved with. But like, think like here's my thing: is like he signs this big deal. And but when you look at it, and, and there was a moment at the premiere on Monday when he thanks Steven Spielberg, and everyone seems to think of JJ as Spielberg 2.0. He's producing all this stuff. I think we need to start re like he shouldn't be given like that pressure in the first place, and also like he hasn't earned it. Like no. my my mind, like if you like, let's look at it. Like he's never first of all, he like let's talk about one other thing real fast. The Tenet trailer came out this week. The Nolan thing. Blew everyone away. Why we did we care about that? Because it's a Chris Nolan thing. Right. He's branded himself. He, he you don't that when you see Tenet now, it's not John David Washington or Pattinson or the new Batman. It's Chris fucking Nolan because right. he's done that now. He left Batman and he's challenged himself and everything. Even in between Batman, he was doing original stuff, stuff like you knew as Nolan stuff. Abrams, Mission Impossible is Tom Cruise. Sorry, folks. He came on. He, I, I enjoyed the third one, but that. You know that will always be his franchise. Like right. that, he came in and directed it. Great. Star Trek is probably the biggest accomplishment because he took something that wasn't super commercial and made that first film a massive, like a temple. When it, when in the '90s and '80s and '70s, Paramount was never developing those films as temples necessarily. They had that niche fan base, or it was never viewed as like Star Wars, and they kind of elevated it. Right. And then he jumps on Star Wars, which you any if if, you, if, if anyone's of like a decent level director, the first Star Wars should be good. Like he didn't get a directing or best picture. He didn't like the film still was a huge hit, but that's because it's Star Wars. And then my second part of this is is like when Cloverfield came out in what, two thousand eight? I thought we were getting Amblin nineteen eighties two point I thought the decade right what the decade we just went through was what, what Spielberg did in the eighties. Right. Think about that. Gremlins, Goonies, Back to the Future. Um I'm, I'm missing like five, like uh, five goes west and all that. So those things, those were all things he produced, executive that Amblin mm-hmm. developed, and these franchises that we loved. And Jim G and our Brad Gray and now Jim G probably were like, "Well, JJ, it's your turn now. Cloverfield's coming. The decade starts. We get Cloverfield Lane. They fucking boot Par- Cloverfield Paradox over to Netflix because it's so bad. And then Overlord, which I like, but financially didn't work out. Yeah. Those are the only things. That's all they have to outs- show for and then the decade. Because I'm sorry, folks, Mission doesn't count because it's um Tom's Tom's, it's Tom's thing. And I, I I suppose Star Trek, but like he direct like if he like it, the things he isn't producing barely came together. Spielberg was directing like two Indiana Jones films while producing Goonies and Gremlins. It's like he he like he was doing all these things, and now we look at this new decade. I think it's an important moment for his legacy. Because it, it, dude, I'm sorry, man. Like you're you're very talented. You have a great creative mind, 
like challenge yourself. So, yeah. so you wrote this story with I think it was Brent Lang a couple weeks ago, uh, diving into what JJ and Batman and that Robot scares me by the way. Doing. And and the Superman and Green Lantern are, are right. things. So they, I'd, I'd heard Green Lantern was going to be the thing that they were going to offer him first, given his experience. Yeah, in Superman space was and just like uh, like oh, that's what everyone thinks. Bunk. Green Lantern was like the thing they're actually going to hand him first. Right. But does that challenge him? Like, I, I, this this so he's just going to jump on more IP. I know they want him to direct that, but like. My thing is, is like he's too talented and has too many talent people around him um, to just do stuff that like I recognize. Nolan has is now a brand where he probably never does another franchise type thing again. I, I like whenever it brought up that he was going to do a Bond, he just did his. He's doing his Bond. It's called Tenet, and he's creating his own spy thing. Like I want JJ to have that thing where, on both producing and directing, where he's giving like he's. Pretty much creating his own franchises. I want to see JJ taking a, a page out of uh, Jordan Peele's playbook. I mean, the, that's the kind of stuff I feel like Bad Robot should be doing. I mean, that's the thing too is like, give me an adult. Like, you know, do you remember that um, that Harrison Ford Rachel McAdams broadcast? Like, yeah. more, like that was a Brad Robot. No one remembers that, right. but like, it, it was adult driven. It was very, it's very non fanboy. You can do more of that if you want, man. No, you're not stuck to this thing. Like, in fact, like with your relationships, like. I'd love if he had developed, like, a cop thriller with Adam Driver and Oscar Isaac or something like that. Or, like, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anybody's looking for more rom-coms. Uh, no, <laughs> but like my point is, is, like, JJ, is, is adult. He doesn't have to just do stuff that appeals to these things. He can mix it up a little bit. I, I just find this, the 2020s will be a very important decade now that he has this deal. The, th- the thing for me in looking at Warner Brothers. And I top- think he's capable of it. I really think he's he has the talent. Oh, sure. He's shown that. But I just, Hannah Minghella is a great hire. She's yeah. now running Bad, Bad Robot's film side. But when I looked at uh, WB's, you know, highest grossing, twenty five highest grossing movies ever, the, there's one movie that stands out, um, which I think would make a great Bad Robot property, and that's I Am Legend. Oh yeah, and they've been they are working on right. Trying, they've been trying it, to do it basically since that movie came out. They yeah. just you know can't figure it out because they killed off Will Smith at the end of it. I mean, it, the, I think the new Island Legend was just like scrap the whole thing and you just bring in a new type of character or right. something like that. But yeah, that 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 is something that works. That if you have the and he is the perfect person to come in there. Um, I, I just I I think we both agree that like there was it, like I, I bet Jim G is looking at him right now like okay Warner Brothers I hope he helps you out because by the by the look at our library right now we were expecting a bunch of bad robot stuff and we really don't have like Star Trek was already ours like. Right. And and the Cloverfield stuff is coming gone, and so is o- and Overlord's dead. Yeah. So we'll see what you guys. You think we'll on. get another Cloverfield movie? You think that that, that franchise done. is done after the, that the Netflix, ne- the Netflix thing crushed that because yeah. they they botched that too. Like the secrecy stuff is getting out of hand, guys. Like you can you're allowed to do it, but like I I think if if, if you're focused more on keeping things secret and less on the actual storyline and plot or how to like, I mean how they tie it in. <laughs> the Cloverfield element to that last film was one of the more ridiculous, it's, botched. Like I can't believe it's something where it's like I'm sure they looked out. at it and they're like, "Well, how, you know, this is a stinker. What can we do to get people to see this? Let's let's make it a Cloverfield thing." But in doing that, like in, in order to sort of help that movie get seen, because people did at least see it, right? Because it had a Cloverfield name on it. Then they they, they botched the franchise. Just say if you're they, doing Cloverfield. What if they or just do a sequel? But what if they had just called Cloverfield Paradox something else, right? Well, it was called God's Particle. Right. What if it had just been released as God's Particle, there were no Cloverfield connections, and then they could just, they still had the goodwill and towards you, Cloverfield Well, they could name. do like the Split thing, where you no one knew Split was an unbreakable spinoff sequel, and then you show the monster at the end, or... or 
I don't know. I actually, Ten Cloverfield Lane was I thought awesome, but like that was also they like kind of fell into that because that project was with the um was it Insurge Insurge right. Shutters. That's the it's only the thing seller. they bring out. It was the seller. No, it was uh, Valencia. Valencia, Valencia, right? They bring in Damien Chazelle to do like the the the, the polish work, and then it becomes Ten Cloverfield. I still to this day. When I talk to people, I, they're like, I don't believe that film was going to be a Cloverfield sequel. It just happened to be like, oh, look at the similarities. Let's do it. And, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I, I'm I'm very hopeful. Again, think he's talented. I've liked I've, – I've, Mission Impossible 3 I really like. like. And most people think like that and this are his worst films. To me, he's done – he hasn't really missed. I really like Super 8. I like so, Super 8 a lot too. So like – there's there's talent there. It's just I want some challenge. Uh, backing up to Star Wars real quick. Were you surprised uh, when you saw Jodie Comer? A little bit. I thought. I mean, like I was I was waiting for that kind of like small. Like honestly, I was waiting to listen for Stormtroopers, a voices I recognized. Mm-hmm. There was two, and I'm like, those must be comedians because they had like a wit to them. Um, the Jodie was like kind of out of nowhere a little bit for such a weird. Role. Well, it is. It's again spoilers. Her, she's her. She's Ray's mom, so yeah. that's kind of an interesting take. I thought that was more of a fun surprise than who her actual parent is or grandparent. Um, all right, so moving moving off of Star Wars, because we've already spent way too long on my podcast talking about that, considering there's 20 other podcasts here, Cloud, you can listen to for Star Wars content. Did you see Cats? Mm-mm. No. No. N- neither have I. Are you going to see Cats? No chance. Me, me neither. Uh, can we? So I would have gone to see it if, if it didn't conflict with the Star Wars screening. I was I was curious enough to give it a look, but after reading all the reviews, I'm like, I'm out. I, I can't believe this film got greenlit. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe we were talking about this as like a best. Were, were you one of those crazy people talking the, about his potential best picture? Yeah, like a nomination or something no, like that. No, I don't think so. There were. Do you remember those people though? There were people tweeting like, sure. "Watch out for this." Here it goes, and obviously, and I actually, <laughs> yes. I thought like Tom Hooper's involved. Like he's like we we ripped on Les Mis, and that became what it was. Sure. I do not know, from what I've read, how this film made it to the screen. I, I'm like, I, I, I'm like flabbergasted. Right? Like, who, how, who sees those early tests and is like, oh yeah, more of this, please? And I, you know, I, I I'll talk about a, maybe not big decade, but big year ahead of them is Universal really needs to. I mean, you saw Black Christmas and said that was just Black uh, Christmas was unbelievably bad. I mean, Perry Perry gave it a two out of ten. Oh. Harry likes everything. So I think next part. year is a big year for Universal. Secret Life of Pets didn't work out as well. Um, Us was really their their biggest um, slam right. dunk. Um, is, am I missing? Like, was there something I'm missing? Like, I know this year. Eh, no, I mean, well, I didn't see like Secret Life of Pets, and that's kind of. But like that, but, yeah. like we know that didn't live up to the billion dollar. Like from right. a profitability standpoint, mm-hmm. it, it made money, but nothing compared to what they were hoping that would. Right. Um, what were the other? Oh, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw. Didn't lose money, but like again, wasn't the billion dollar hit? Um, Ma didn't break out. Oh, I forgot about Ma. I mean, again, not an, like they, again they they're very good at making films from a profitable. Like they're not going to lose money on Black Christmas. I mean, I'm very, this film is going to be, I, I think, tough. I remember a year ago the 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 Steve Carell film. What's that? Ladies of Marwa. What's that? The the cat. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking. Women about. of Marwin. Marwin. Yes. Yes. Mar- Bomb. And then there was and then Mortal Engines. Bomb. Yeah. It's just like it's hard out there for everybody. Look at Warner Brothers Fall it, with Warner all the Brothers adult movies, which Gold, I thought were good. Goldfinch. Woof. Good liar. Yikes. I uh, love Doctor Sleep yeah. and, and that Motherless Brooklyn. Um, just Mercy's not going to do any business. Richard Jewell's not doing any business. Like, oh, I, well, I, it's like you, eight movies the, that are the big winner. Single digits. Probably from an overperformance. Queen and Slim. I actually like that. That film seemed to have made like didn't cost anything. It made money, but like 
this Cats thing, it's just like, is it more working title? Like, I just don't understand. Like, that may be it. They may it, be like, we have were, a slot. Did they not get to see dailies? Like, were they just thinking, oh, we'll come together in the editing room? Like, we have Taylor Swift. Like, I mean, what's I, what's it tracking at? Because I don't even, you know, it's counter programming for Star Wars. Maybe maybe it's smart. I, I was, you know, I was sitting here a couple years ago saying, well, who's going to see the Greatest Showman? And they they showed me. So maybe that those this reviews, audience exists. But the, I mean, I, I mean, thought Greatest Showman was terrible. So, but like the music, I mean, there, there were some things that worked. I mean, Jumanji matched up. Like, I, I actually think the counter programming is going to be like Jumanji or something right now. It, it, you know, what's interesting this year is how uncongested it is. Like how scared people are of Jumanji and Star Wars that they mm-hmm. like. I can't think of even from awards films. It's like Bombshell, Just yeah, Mercy, Cr- Christmas Day doesn't have a lot it's, coming out, which is probably a good thing because then they don't get slaughtered. But like, it is interesting. Like, you know, that's why I think like. Star like Jumanji is probably still going to do pretty well. Nineteen Seventeen feels like the big Christmas oh, release yeah. this year. Uh, which I'm very curious how and that Little plays. Uh, oh, Little Women. Um, so yeah, I guess it is kind of congested from that front. But um, I, I'm flabbergasted. I don't under, like those reviews were, were more entertaining than the film. I think <laughs> so. From what, and the tweets were just incredible. Um, before we get to our, our best de- of the decades list and, and best of the year and whatnot, were there any scoops that, that stood out to you this year? Anything? Well, I, I can think of one that, that you were particularly proud of. But A Batman. Yeah. I mean, Pattinson. Pattinson and Matrix 4 were probably my uh, creme de la creme. Um, there, there's – I'm trying to think of the other like major ones that like I'm, – I'm just trying to think of traffic as well like that sticks out. Um, you know, Do you I, look at your traffic numbers? All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Um, just because it like it, because you know, with certain stories, you're very curious. Like, I don't look on it for like Anthony Ramos in distance this week. I really didn't care about those, but I was curious. Like when I broke Gladriel this week, I was checking the like to see how. So you want to see the big ones, but you're not using it as like a guide to like, oh, people are really interested in this Netflix movie. I'm gonna dig up more names on that. No, or... uh, but I do prioritize based on like DC Star Wars. Which well, you sure. Do Every, too. I mean, yeah, but like that, sense. like. Like the boy, all the boy, all the boys I kissed, or, or the kissing yeah, boys, yeah, or whatever, yeah. or the, all the boys I loved. No, mm-hmm. I don't care about that. Like, I mean, I I realize that's like, the, the stuff that teenagers care about these days. Like, I've no like the traffic is is more the trailer than like the casting. I feel okay. like the that the trailer like was super hot, but like like the cats review was like fire this week, which makes a lot of sense. Oh, well, sure, there was a lot of uh, <laughs> questions surrounding. <laughs> Peter that one. tried to be nice, but like yeah, it wasn't as ruthless as um, Justin Chang's. But man, oh man, tough. But um. I I think the suicides I, I I was really on the suicide I like Idris like between Will leaving Idris not playing not replacing the character playing a new character so it wouldn't make Will mad I thought I like that was probably the project I covered pretty well um yeah I, I would say those those are the the the, the top three um. I mean, it's it's been an. Uh, I, I stayed busy this year. I feel like I I still was really um, covering stuff like prioritizing. Um, it, what's interesting now is I feel like next year is going to be big. Like the limited series, like the Marvel limited series, the Star Wars limited series. I'll be coming in. I was on this. Like we both had TV scoops this week. Just shows how like that will always be like something where like you know. Um, I'm trying to think of like. I gave you this idea, and now I don't have the, the fourth scoop, that I, <laughs> so I feel bad. But um, what was the – oh, Mark Webb is a Snow White director. I thought that was like – you know, those live-action things are something I like try to sure. break down. Um, yeah, I would say though, those are like the, the big ones this year. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on one. Um, but like the thing is, is like you forget what was this year and what was last year. Like the, I, feels... bo- I botched my biggest scoop of the year. It, it, was, it wasn't a, a perfect strike, although it got me in the New York Times. 
It was that, that link ladder 20-year project one. <laughs> you scooped it, though. Which, which, that... I, which I got with an assist uh, from, from a good friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, that that's a project they'll, that they'll be asking Beanie Feldstein and Rick Linkladder about for the next 20, 20 years. years. That's <laughs> right. crazy. Um, we'll be old men I talking do, about that. Do you, so when you go to movies, like I was watching um, I was watching Peanut Butter Falcon on mm-hmm. Thursday, and I, I remembered I broke shy in that. Do you watch movies now and be like, I, and be like, I broke that, or like, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's less and less these days. Unfortunately. But like when it happens, like, but yeah, it's, yes, it's like, oh, I, I remember writing about this or, or yeah. chasing that, or you know, the five actresses this was going to be originally. Yep, I mean, yeah. that's a fun one too. Is like, like, um, I always like how like watching it where it was like Ben Mendelsohn was the first choice, then Will Poulter, and then Skarsgård, right. and I actually think Skarsgård was was the better of the choices. Um. It's like when I listen to the rewatchables, I, I love that like yeah. uh, that that segment where they talk about you know who was who the alternate cast was because you know ten years from now when they do the rewatchables and talk about those names they'll be referring to all of our casting yes. scoops that didn't work out. Um, um, those were funny too. Like the well, uh, I, ironically enough, um, Matt Smith was supposed to be in Star Wars, and I found out like months ago. I think I was writing about Edgar Wright's um, new movie that Matt's in. I put that that rise was uh, as a credit. And someone from his team was like, "Take that out." That actually got cut from the film because I and I remember breaking. Wow. Matt was gonna. Be, I think he was gonna play one of the um, Knights of Ren. Um, they were gonna actually have a face for one of those people, mm-hmm. and they just decided to just not not do anything at all. Um, so yeah, I uh, it, it, I find that interesting now. Um, more and more like watching it, like Mandalorian. I like. I think it was the first to put up Pedro's name. Um, I think it was somewhat rumored, but I like got the official thing on that. Um. So yeah, I, I think that's decade wise. Um, it's a lot easier because I, I like I start like me and you right. started we both breaking started at, the, at the start at, of this decade. The, so it's easier to pinpoint. And so like, I, I have been guys. I've been cleaning out my apartment and I've been going through you know years and years worth of varieties. I must have had three gigantic boxes of them. I got it down to one box, but I literally went page by page in, in every single variety that's daily and weekly, just to see like the you know the big bylines and you know what issues I wanted to keep. And it was amazing, some of the stories that were in there, Kroll. Like, things that you'd be like, oh, my God, David, can you imagine uh, Brad this? Brad Pitt starring in the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lot of ben Affleck directing. on that project. Well, ironically, we had Ben Affleck directing Justice League before Ben Affleck was Batman. That's right. You remember that? That yes. was wild. Um, the irony on that that thing coming together was great, too. I have I have just so much good stuff that would, that would blow minds. Blow minds. Uh, was there one that you broke that you're like, I kind of wish that had come together? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, there there was one. I don't know if you did. It was the Hardy Boys movie with like Cruz and Ben Stiller. That was the Hardy Men. That was Rachel a- a- Abrams. I feel like. well, we had a lot of co bylines with Rachel because she didn't know much about the actual movie business, but yeah, she just she, had good so- good sources. She had um the financing stuff for the work. Right. So her, all so. like the oh, there was just I don't know. Like, what was what was like? Th- okay, th- this this is one. Okay, but this is from a guy named Justin Kroll. Before directing Hugh Jackman in Prisoners, Denny Villeneuve will helm the indie An Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal in negotiations to star. Yeah, that happened. This was before he was cast in Prisoners. So yes. I thought that was so interesting that you're like, before Denny goes and makes Prisoners, he's going to work with Jake Gyllenhaal oh. on this little movie Enemy. Yeah, you don't have uh, Jake as part of the Prisoners cast yet. So it must I did have been, break that eventually. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know, just so, so okay, here's one. P- from This is from me. 
Paramount Swings for Pitch on Jazz Scene Cops. This is going to be Seth Rogen and Kevin Hart playing the first interracial police partners. Oh, I remember that. Who that infiltrate yeah. post-World War II. It's like there's so many of these projects, and it's incredible. Like I had old agency grids and stuff like that. It's crazy <laughs> to see what got made out of those grids and what like projects were super hot that we were tracking then that like 10 years later have still not been made. Trying to think of like one that stands out. Um, well, what what was released? There was something released recently that was like a shining star. WB eyes Tom Cruise well, for, for Clint Eastwood. Well, here's movie. <laughs> here's the one that's interesting. The Revenant. You remember Revenant? It was Sean Penn, not Tom Hardy. Oh, and that okay. was like five, that was like 2010 when we first heard that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of those. Uh, there was there, there, like the Leo stuff's always interesting because he gets so much stuff put into development that like just never comes to be. There was like a um, there was like a Jamie Foxx adaptation of a book. Well, well, um, the Ripper. What's that Ripper? Beat the Reaper. That, that you were so pumped about. He yep. was attached to that. They're still trying to make the, that as a TV the, show. This one from from Justin Kroll. After a ten year absence from the helm of a studio project, Adrian Lin is in talks to direct an adaptation of John Grisham's The Associate. Oh, I remember that. For Paramount. It's like, we're, wow. we're still waiting. That, we're finally going to get a new Adrian Lin movie next year with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck and Anna But, like, you know, we, we've still had to wait another seven, eight years since you wrote that That's article. Wild. It is crazy. article. So, anyways, uh, yes, going through the archives w- was a lot of fun, and it was great just to see how you have blossomed as a reporter and, and developed you and, too. and all that stuff. Sure, sure, but, uh, you know, it's... Fewer, fewer and f- it's de- further it's, between for me. These it's days. so interesting, like how I go about my day now and how I did then. Like, like honestly, I, I mean, me and Jeff used to stay till like seven p.m. because the agents wouldn't call till six thirty. Right now, an agent has my cell phone, probably, <laughs> or, or or like, um, not even just an agent, just any like a corp comp person or anyone can get a hold of me pretty easily. Um, I'm not scared I don't, about. I, I don't stress as much. It's like definitely don't go to sleep like oh I'll lose it. Like right. I remember waking myself up to break the. Tom Cruise, um, Edge of Tomorrow, or uh, what was that movie called? Was Edge of Tomorrow? Was yeah, Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. It was originally called uh, um, uh, Time to Kill, or like uh, all you, all you need is kill. all you need is kill. And I remember waking up and having someone from his team be like, "Deadline's going with this at like seven a.m." You should, and I had it posted at like six a.m. or something. Uh, like that. That's how nervous I was getting though, like waiting for that time. Right of stuff. now, it's like I have like a list of like, if you only knew all the things I was just holding that I probably. I'm a, I've already come to terms that I'm going to lose because by the time I get back from break, I'll be having my kid. So, like, that, but, like, there's so much stuff. You can always stuff. hand stuff to me. <laughs> I, I just might. Um, the, the stuff that I just hold now and just forget about, too. Like, that's the thing, too, is I forget. Like, do you forget about things? Like, Yeah. You, oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there's stuff uh, that broke, I think, this week that I saw that I was like, oh, I knew about that. Like I think yes. it was like Clay, Class Bang uh, in, in that uh, new Robert Eggers movie. The yeah, Norseman. and then didn't you didn't you tell me we were talking recently that you knew about my the Friday Night Lights the Dowd Brothers? Yeah, the Dowd Brothers. Were about that? Yeah, there's things where just like Ugh, I don't have the bandwidth to like. We, and, and do you remember like this. getting back from lunch and just screaming at people? Yes. And now it's, I just don't I don't have the stress. I, of that. I used to take everything so much more personally and and. Well, Pretty, there, like life and death, and I it know was, it's not. People were going out of their way to like screw us over more and more back then. Now it's there's the just, whole people don't have the time for that. The whole trade landscape was different back then. Remember, every month you'd see the trades, t- you know, uh, talking about their numbers. You know, like all that has settled down. Like the yeah. trades, you really were at each other's throats at the beginning of the it decade. Was. And I feel like I paid a price for it, um, being you know sort of like the guy who they would. Point yeah, there was a the lot pitfall. of like I stayed away from fight. I, I, I'm much more active on Twitter. I feel you were much more vocal back then. And it I, cost I, me. I, I stayed away. I, I, I wouldn't even talk about scrolling. Scroll, read this. Read, read read what it says in that email. Out loud. Out loud. Jeff, 
Welcome to Prometheus Global Media and Hollywood Reporters Editorial. We are very excited. Can to you be, believe that shit? Be, to be joining, learn the team, and eagerly await. The when is that email from? Uh, this is November 12, 2010. Wait, 2010. Guys, I didn't, if you had asked me last week, have I ever been offered a job at the Hollywood Reporter? I would say no. I, but I was. I was offered a job at the Hollywood Reporter, and I turned it down. For what? The rap? I I don't know if I was going back to the rap that second time for it was or if it was going back to variety. You go back to variety, I think. Um, but, but like it it just blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe I found this fucking printout from nine years ago, <laughs> offering me a job at THR. My whole life could have been different. Actually, really, could've. it really could have. Uh-huh. <laughs> with, with a strong mentor like Matt Bellany. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we we are we are running out of show, so we should really get to the best movies of the decade. Yeah, let's Pro. do it. Now you've already did your your best of the year. Did you post that? No, yet or I posted. No? I actually didn't do my year. My, I'm so I'm watching two popes finally tonight. Okay, so you, you can't do, weigh in yet. I, I I have a top five pretty much. I have a loose idea of what my top, but I don't have a top. Well, give us your top five of the year real quick, just because I, I can't do it because uh, I'm going to be on a top five video that Collider's doing. So okay. I don't want to spoil my picks. So my, what, what are yours? My this top year? five that I highly doubt will change are. Um, number five is Parasite. I, I thought it was a fantastic film. I okay. thought it was, no problems with the ending. Nope. I actually I love the ending even more. Okay. Like everything it did, heart rent like funny, thrilling, heart wrenching. Just really, I I, be, I agree with a lot of the reviews on that front. Do you think it could win Best Picture? Yes. Um, okay. I, my my two are Parasite and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I think I that think it's I, I, I think it's because I think the Netflix stuff is going to cannibalize each other, and I think um I think. I think everybody forgets, like, I know Quentin's won two screenwritings. I think director in a film is important to him, mm-hmm. and that's why he's been he's getting everybody out when they all said they weren't going to campaign. Now right. they are. Um, okay. But people so, really like Bong, so we'll, we'll see. Right. Um, so Parasite's five. Uncut Gems is four. I watched it again the other night. It's, it's so fucking good. It's like like gripping my seat, something so different. Everyone's good in it. Julia Fox is going to be a star. Yeah. Adam Sandler was so like I loved seeing him in that. Even like KG and The Weeknd were fantastic. Yep. Um, and the Safdie brothers are so talented. Um, that was one, by the way. In in terms of tracking, I, I sort of knew the ending going in. Like, oh, you did. Yeah. So it did. It did blunt bummer, some of the impact because that ending was like I jumped out of my seat when I first saw it. Um, three Irishman. Uh, I've rewatched that two times. It's it's. It's fantastic. I just the storytelling, the acting, just okay. I, like and the 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 de aging doesn't like it's like weird at first, but like doesn't bother me. Patchy, like all those guys back again. Even like like Stephen Graham's fantastic in that movie. Like some of like the supporting guys they got Sebastian. Um, what's his last name? Maniscalco. Maniscalco, great villain. I think. Would in you that. put this over Wolf of Wall Street or no? No. Okay. Uh, and we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so, ah, okay. Uh, um, and two Joker. I uh, just it. it I mean. Did so many different things from a from the comic book standpoint. With like, it's not just Joaqu- like Joaquin. By the way, is like this. Like it was funny. I I was talking to Todd Phillips for Oscar reactions, and he's like, Joaquin was our special effect. Like that's right. what people came for, and he's completely right. Um, and and same goes for Zazie and Robert. The the direct and cinematography, the score, it really did have that old school nineteen seventies. Do you think film. Joaquin could win Best Actor? I think he is. I think people because I, I think people like him. Like that that plays when people vote. I think I. I Here's the thing, folks, is, like, not always the best person, like, best acting. Like, I, I still, like, well, Leo should have won for so many other things before The Revenant. Right. Um, 
Jeff Bridges, I don't know if he should have won for Crazy Heart. He should probably should have won for like so many other things before that. For Blown Away. For like, <laughs> like Joaquin has gotten so many nominations over the right. years, and he just wasn't the best at the time. Now that he kind of is, I think people are just going to be like, let's give it to uh, It's the performance where I just – And I think Adam I asked... Driver is going to be back around too. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's it's those two, right? I'm, I, I think that's third? it. I think it's just between those yeah, cause two. Yeah, because I don't think Leo, – like Leo's like not pushing it. Yeah. A nomination will be enough, but I think I – think Brad it's is the one that, the, It's between Driver yeah. and Phoenix. So who's, what's your number one movie? For the year? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's, okay. uh, I loved it. I've rewatched it. I've seen it four times. Um, I love what it does for friendship. I love how it paints this. Like when I was watching the first time, it was all its story. When I've watched it since, it's just taking in like what's what's around everybody. Um, I, I think it's perfectly cast. I have no problem with the endings. I know people do, but I didn't. So clearly if you had a problem with the ending, you're obviously going to be polarized by it. I didn't. Um, and it's also in my top ten of the decade, too. Without spoiling any uh, internal announcements that we're going to be making here at Collider, maybe you'll have a chance to see it again soon with a very special moderator. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so best of the decade. Uh, you said Once Upon a Time was your number one movie of the year. It's also on your best of the decade yes. list. Let's get to it. What is your – should right. we do 10 to 1? 10 to 1. I like doing that. Okay. 10 to 1. Go for it. Uh, my 10th, Logan. Um I thought that was the best comic book movie of the decade. I loved what James Mangold did with the comic book movie in that. It was so different, raw, and that, like, Western, like, guy coming to the end of his time. Hugh, how he didn't get nominated that year, or, like, Daniel Kaluuya getting a nomination over Hugh was, it's just ridiculous. I think Daniel's great, but Hugh was so good in that movie. Um, and, yeah, it just, it did, like, I, I, I like, Really was a fantastic Logan's way. Great, yeah, and and I Mangold is just turned himself into like after watching Ford is probably going to be on my top ten too towards the bottom. Um, Mangold's turned into one of the directors I'm, I get really excited about when I hear about his stuff. Um, Logan not on my list, uh, although I did love it. My number ten, uh, and I, I don't love my the, the 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 end of my list here, the eight, nine, ten. I I'm, I definitely went back and forth with a few different titles, but I ended up landing on Sicario. That's on my list. There you We're go. Uh, Sicario, there's something about the cinematography and the score, score and just how this is like a fucking mean movie. Denise is so good. I, I was really, it was like, it was going back and forth between Sicario and Prisoners and which one I, I really think is better. That's right on the Prisoners, cusp. They both have amazing endings. Like for me, having a, a great ending uh, really goes a long way. Um, I, I love Benicio in this movie. Brolin, Blunt—they're all fucking great. Bernthal and Kaluuya. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, it's really well cast. Sheridan and Denis became certain. Like Sheridan became the writer. I feel of the right. decade of what he was doing. Denis, the new director. Like I know Nolan and and Quentin did great stuff and Fincher, but like Denis, where how he landed and what he was doing. It's like Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners. Even Blade Runner, they're so different, and that one, like he's not, and now Dune, like he's not jumping on a, on a freaking Marvel movie or doing a Star Wars film or something. He was he's trying to do what I want JJ to do, and he does it yeah, so well. He, he challenges audiences. Okay, number nine, Sicario. Okay, there you <laughs> go. Um, I, I don't need to say much more, but I will say like I think the Benicio performance in that is one of the more underrated of the decade. Mm -hmm. It's so like stoic. And quiet, and like controlled, that's, yeah. that the controlled. Like when he is forcing her to to write that con, like that conf, like confirmation, and yep. he wipes the tear from her face. It's it's chilling, um, and I and I and that's why I, I kind of I loved seeing that character again in uh, De La Soldado too in the sequel. So yeah, number nine. My number nine, I ended up going, and this is a movie I think I only gave a B plus uh, the first year that I saw it. Um, I wasn't horribly impressed, but it's grown on me. Whiplash. 
Oh, really? I love that. That's not my honorable mention. Um, uh, yeah, w- w- it's just, I don't know. There's something about Miles and J.K. Simmons and, and their chemistry. And, I mean, obviously, J.K. Simmons delivers one of the best combative, of the year. like, coach, mentor, teachers, students, yeah, players. It's a great uh, dynamic. It's it, it's something I always enjoy as someone who, like, played sports and, like, had battles with that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, and, and what that is, I thought was fantastic. And also, those drumming sequences are incredible. The, and, but it's the end of the movie. It's that incredible drum solo and the way like, that Fletcher Wright, yeah, he... he, he uh, Paul it, Reiser underrated great performance in that. He is really good. It sends you out of the theater though, where where it's like, wow, I just saw something special. And you knew Damien was going to be something special going right. forward. Right, and, and so it's like, do I include Whiplash or La La Land? Because I think La La Land is great I too, but but Whiplash is like, yeah, that's it's great. Number eight, um, Django. Um, this is the first of of, of two Quentin films. I've re- it's recently been on TNT a bunch. I've it, it's a film. It's one of those films now where I stop and watch it. It's like, he, like I Walt is so great. I loved like that Will like Will. So this is one of those stories. Will yep. Smith was supposed to be Django. He wrote Quentin wrote it for Will, and Will goes, "This isn't Django's this is my brand. This isn't my brand." It's also <laughs> he tells him. I said this in an interview. This isn't Django's movie. It's Christoph Waltz's movie, and he's one hundred percent correct because yes. it really is. Um, even though Jamie's fantastic, I loved finally seeing. Leo in a villain, like bad guy oh, role, so and he is so when he like one of the great like improvised moments, and ever, like when he breaks his hand, like hits the the thing and breaks the glass, and his hands his covered hand in blood. Right, and to this day, folks, we still don't know did he actually rub real blood over Kerry Washington's face? Because I don't see a cut in that sequence. And did he really rub his own blood on her face? It, he's so good, and the action is fantastic too. Quentin's, I mean, the script, Walton Goggins, I, I love that movie. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that definitely was. He, he definitely People did say, get oh, cut. he stopped. I'm like, where's the break in the scene? Interesting. Hmm. Um, number eight. This is the only movie on this list that I've only seen one time. Uh, but I did give it four stars and call it a masterpiece the year that it came out. Uh, I, I, it was her. Ooh. Her with Joaquin Phoenix. You forget about For, some of the things. Now, that, that's a, that is a movie I will say it, it, it was big in terms of timing. It's like it all depends on uh, when I saw this movie, what I was feeling, what I was going through then. And so her – I think I was just worried that I was always going to be alone uh, at that yeah. point. Like, I, it you speaks know, to that. Like, 2013 was a tough – a very tough year for me. Um, and, and, yeah, her just hit the nail on the head. I, I Well, to your point, never seeing it, it's one of the – it's probably the film that like – it, you just can't find it that much. If you like, Django's on TNT. Sicario's been on FX. Like, I, her, I love that you still have cable. <laughs> uh, I mean, sports. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still one of those old guys. But the point is, is like it, seeking it out. It's tough to find. But um, yeah, I, I mean, a great like Scarlet as the voice. It's one of the great like voice acting yes. things of of yes. the decade. I feel like it's just a different side of Joaquin, like where he's you know, a lot oh, softer kind and, and gentler, gentle or softer. Um, number seven for you. Um, this got a couple people a little mad when I posted this, but I, I Interstellar still like n- rewatching it. It holds up the score, the scope. It's it's a real like McConaughey is so great in that. Um, and, and just I, I was rec- it was on again recently, and I, I was watching. I didn't start from the beginning, but I, and like when they're looking through planets, it has this like interesting thrill to it when like they run into Damon and realize he becomes the antagonist. The back and forth from like timelines. Um. Yeah, I just I and it's just the mother and the father daughter relationship element it explores. I just I found it fantastic, and I and and like I said, Nolan has just become this brand where I seek him out, and he's he really knows. The only like I don't even mind how unfunny he can kind of be, 
um, and his stuff it material is. It's just I know what I'm getting when I go in there, and I'm, I still every time I walk out of a Nolan film find myself surprised at how much more I enjoyed it, even though I expected so much out of it to begin with. I'm, a, I'm an Interstellar fan myself. It was good. Um, not not top ten for me though. Number seven on my list, uh, a movie that I'm actually surprised isn't on. I'm not seeing on more lists. Uh, Drive. Shocked, and I was bo- I, I when I saw it on people because some people did some lists, and I saw that I was like, oh, why did I have that on there? Fan, I hundred percent. I mean, agree. Dr- Drive is is one of those movies that I thought was really good when I first saw it, but I don't think I realized how good. It's just so rewatchable. It is like I've seen that movie a bunch of times. And, the and score is so good. Yeah, it's just the, the whole style of it, the pink fonts, uh, Oscar Isaac, the and, jacket, and Carrie. Like, well, just the random uh, the people you everybody. forget are in it. It's just like and that Albert Brooks, Perlman, everybody. Yeah, it's Drive is Cranston awesome. is like that as his boss. It's like yeah, Drive, and, and some of the better sequences like driving. It's sequences. a great L.A. movie. Too, it is for a guy who had never even lived in L.A. Um, that's uh, that's some, like important to like some of the films that made my list is like the L.A. of it and how it's viewed now that mm-hmm. I'm here. Like Collateral, I'm sure would have been much different when I saw it, but that is a perfect film where it shows like the underbelly. Drive's of the cool drive. the cool movie on my list. Yeah, okay. number uh, number six for you. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Um, just hmm. fantastic filmmaking, writing. I rewatched it again, th- like thrilling stuff. Ch- again, another film where you're surprised when you're rewatching it. The actors that are in it and how good they are between Kyle Chandler, Jason Clark, Pratt, and Edgerton, like that SEAL team. And then Chastain is one of the, again, a performance like how she didn't win is kind of a bummer now because I look back and I know we were, Jen was great in Silver Lines Playbook, but man, Jessica's so in control in that movie. And. Catherine, I, I just – it's a shame Detroit didn't work out, but, man, did, I, I was – She directed the hell out of Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, yeah. just a fantastic um, job. I just would have a hard time putting that above things like Captain Phillips or Patriot's no. Day or Lone Survivor. Like, it, to me, it's on, it's on the level of no, those movies. No, blows those away, I feel like. Okay. Because, um, to me, the screen – like, Bowles – again, Bowles gets in his own way sometimes, but that – like, he – like. That after Hurt Locker, he was really in his element. I feel that they're lacking those a little bit because, like, in, in especially with Lone Survivor, I love that film, but the script is kind of like there's really nothing to go off of. I feel like my number six is a movie that can't really be separated from its sequel, although I will take the original, and that is the best action movie of the year of the decade, the ra- the raid. Oh, I love the raid. Um, like I the, love the Raid sequel more. Maybe. The, the Raid Two is, is amazing, and, it, and it's a fuller cool. story. Because, it's like a you know, crime saga. Yeah, the original, but the, the Raid original is, is very thin on story. Is, from a rewatching standpoint, is so fucking. Good. It, it just it introduced me to a whole other level of action movie. And talk about a director. I wish. Yeah. Come on, Gareth. Like, can you like? I, why isn't he doing more? Like, uh, from what I understand, he get, he's like refing. He gets in his own way. Right. I, I'm, well, sh- I'm man, sure he's, he's been so offered the big properties in this town. And he just doesn't Gambit. want to do that. He was offered Gambit, and they, like, like I'm curious if he ever I, come around. To I'd that love to now. see him take on a John Wick movie. That that guy is a fucking genius. Yeah, I just want him to do more. Um, and then Eco was fan. Like all those guys are just so that fight. Like there's yeah, like 30 just, fight sequences that just blow your mind. I just um, love that first movie. I could watch it for over. I, mean, I may watch it when I go And what home. a score, Lincoln Park. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah. And and, the, and I love the like the like old villain like when he's like happy hunting or something like that into the microphone. It's right. just like, ah, oh, it's so good. Good luck. Good luck. No, wait, no, that's taken. <laughs> yeah, you know, what's he say? he says something. He's like uh happy hunting or something like uh, that. Okay. Um Okay, top 5s. Top 5s. Uh this was a fantastic film. Probably made me cry more than any movie of this decade, uh, Star is Born. Um, I love it. I, it's I love just it. 
you rewatch it, you're so shocked at how good it is for a first time director. Bradley, it really made me realize how much I like Bradley Cooper as an actor. Like he's just so in control. You you, you know what's going to happen because you know what this story is, and yet you're still heartbroken at that end. The the time it's, it's funny. The music is fantastic. Lady like. Stephanie or Lady Gaga, whatever she wants, like she's so like again. I appreciate her be- uh, more as like a, a talent now after seeing that. Like um, t- everything about it, it's just it, for a film that like had been was like why we used to, remember when we were track talk. This is one of those films, folks. This was Clint Eastwood directing with Beyonce and Christian Bale. Think about that one for a second. This was a Leo thing at first, and now that when Clint didn't wasn't involved with it anymore, and Bradley came on, so much better. Can you even, imagine Clint I, doing yeah, this? Yeah, I can't picture anybody else besides Bradley Cooper playing that part, which is weird because it's and, know, and, four other people. And we have. will look back five or ten years from now and be like, "How did this film not win best?" Yeah, it's a, it's a goddamn. Travesty. How did he not win best actor? How did uh, you will look? I was like, "How did this film not sweep?" Because even the script yep. by Eric Roth and Bradley is fantastic. It was my number one last year, and yep, Bradley Cooper gave the performance of the year, and it's fucking crazy that neither neither one. Uh, number. Five for me is a movie you won't see on many uh, lists, uh, and that is Warrior. I it was on Dan Meehan's list. My buddy Dan, he had and it on I, his probably list. Ben Bateman's as well. I think it's his favorite movie of the decade. But uh, yeah, Warrior is just I, I watch the end of Warrior like once every couple months, just because it's fucking incredible. Uh, this is the best. Uh, I guess yeah, the best sports. Movie of the decade. I would agree with you. Yeah, Tom Tom Hardy, uh, an incredible. I'd probably say Warrior and Moneyball are my two favorite sports films of the decade. Yeah, and and War and they're so different because they're not really sports films, right? Um, there there was like the Brotherhood, it's a family drama. That that to me is like one of the like great scenes is when Joel when he says he's talking about my brother and he's like, "Well, you served," and he's talking about the core and like Mm -hmm. that that type of brotherhood and like Hardy. This was Hardy. What was weird is I think this film got delayed, and Hardy had a couple like like was on the scene then, mm-hmm. and this came out and launched Joel into the stratosphere, but right. really made Hardy also like that. And our buddy Frank Grillo was fantastic. In Grillo it is amazing in it, and and Nick Nolte. Nolte, the this what the what he communicates with it, just his eyes in that last scene. He doesn't say anything to anybody, but you know the way he tips Get, his cap or gives Joel like, honestly, permission to go ahead and end the fight. You know what movie I'm and this goes circles back to Gavin O'Connor. A film I'm looking forward to in 2020 is The Way Back. Me too. With, I think it looks good. Affleck and it, it probably it's another film that's not a sports movie but it's it's layered right, in one. Right. Um I, I like Gav, Gavin's movie. a guy that's stuck like I think could have been like had like done other things, but he chose to do things his way, and like he's really done some fun films over this decade. That I, I mean, really enjoy. this is a home run for me. But if I could just get a triple from him every time out, I'll take it. Oh like, yeah, the accountant, I really like yeah, too. He's, he's he doubles and triples are what he does. Yeah. He's like he's like DG LeMayhew. Uh, number four. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We circle back okay. to it. It was um, it's my it's now my second favorite Tarantino film. Um, and I, I mean, I touched on this on the top five, but yeah, I just what like it, it bottoms down to what what Leo and Brad do together. That the, it, that might be the best chemistry I saw all decade. It was the, like that friendship, and like the and like also like you say, it's a great LA film, and the way it, it like embodies a, t- a certain time. Um, yeah, just so I, this is better than Django for you. Yes. What what is your favorite Tarantino movie? Pulp. If this is number two, okay, Pulp. got it. I mean, that's yours too, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, ben, it's hard ben, to beat. It's, it's, so tough. it's a masterpiece. Ben Jackie Brown. Um, okay, number four for me, another one that you won't see on a lot of top ten lists, even fewer than Warrior probably. I, I am all alone on this island. That is The Place Beyond the Pines, I think is a staggering crime drama 
Uh, yeah, Gosling, Cooper. I love the end when when it all comes together great with Dane DeHaan and and, uh, and Emery Cohen. Um, it's just a movie that I could. It, it gets me every time at that last scene with Dane DeHaan. And like I said, endings go a long Emery way from me. Yeah, Emery, I like Emery, Emery Cohen, but I do remember when Jeff saw this film, he's like, Emery Cohen's going to be a superstar. You watch. And I was like, all right, dude. And he's been like in Brooklyn <laughs> and this film called Sweetheart, which uh, is on digital. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's in the OA. He's Homer. Uh, yeah. Well, he got a little thicker. He got a little thick, Emery. He did. He wasn't thick in Brooklyn, though. I, don't, I wonder No. What, they, what they, they make it work for him. I guess. But nobody nobody, on, nobody was eating back in Ireland back then. Go, go, uh, no, it's go, your, go your turn. Number, number three. Number three. Uh, number three. I had to have a crime drama on So there, this so. one's going to annoy people, but I don't care. It won the Oscar, so it still counts in the film. Uh, O.J. Made in America. I put that on my best films. Won the Oscar, so that's why I qualified it. Yep. It is by far the best documentary I have ever seen. It's better than Hoop Dreams. I came to that conclusion. It is so well done. What Ezra did – Another guy that kind of gets in his own way a little bit because of this smarter-than-everyone attitude because um, I've dealt with him in interviews afterwards. And he was also supposed to direct Richard Jewell, so I wonder right. if that would turn out differently. He, he knocks us out of the park. Like how he – it's not – like what he is examining here and when it comes to race and like the criminal justice system and celebrity, it is, is so impactful. And I, I, I can – Watch certain segments over and over. I have because ESPN does put that on occasionally, but I, I just think fantastic filmmaking and um, really important. I think for this decade as well, especially how OJ became so, like back in our lives um, the last half of it. Uh, my number three is Manchester by the Sea. I was waiting for that. For I you. mean, I just thought that was a masterpiece. I think it's it's one of the great screen performances. Casey Affleck. Uh, you may not like him as a person, but it, this performance is undeniable. Uh, Lucas. Lucas Hedges is incredible. Michelle Williams is good. Just the the writing. Kenneth Lonergan's so script is fucking amazing. Uh, and so that script know, for the decade. Po- possible. Well, the, I think maybe the next script that that I'm going to bring up. Oh, okay, I know yeah. what you're getting at. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we're on the same page with that. But I, I think Manchester is definitely up there. Uh, I think and, it's and one it doesn't of the better, get its due because it's a tough watch. I would say top five performances of the decade for Katie. It's it's oh, so absolutely wrenching. I mean, we even touched on the Michelle. That scene with him and Michelle Williams is maybe one of the scenes. Like, talk about a scene where you're just like. There's so many sequences between like when he tries to pull the gun out of the cop and the yeah, safety's on. Off, yes, um, like that's that's just the, walk when he's walking back to his house when he's talking to the, the cop and you start seeing the sirens on his face, the blue and the red. And you're like, what happened? And, and like when the cops are talk telling him, and he's like so like he doesn't know what to say and he's so traumatized. Uh, and also like the humor, like there's like yes. the levity like with him and Lucas Hedges. That's really great. Um, Kyle Chandler's fantastic in that too. It's, yeah, I, I it just that, that, just could, that could be that could be my family. That could be your family. It could be anybody. You it know? really oh, that's what scares the crap out yeah. of me too. Um, Number two uh, is Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay. The most rewatchable film of the decade for me, folks. The performance of the decade in Leo. Um, I love this film. It is so well done. It is. I mean, for Marty, it may be like for how great he is. It's probably a top three for me in his list. Um, everything about it and just like I, it took so long for this film to get out and how the, you watch it now and it's just like again it's one of those films where it could be stopped like I, I could like pick a scene and just go from there um, I mean this there's so much I, I Leo is on this list quite a bit but I, I think he's he's definitely turned into our Jack and his his taste is so good 
um, and who he chooses to be with and, and, and do films with and, and taking his time. He is the last true movie star in my mind and uh, really showed it this decade. Tom Cruise would like a word with you, Carl, but okay. Of this decade. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I mean uh, – I, I really like Wolf of Wall Street. I, re- I rewatched it um, a couple weeks ago because it was on the rewatchables and it inspired me to give it a, a rewatch while I was cleaning. I, I think it's very, very good, but I don't know that I could go top three Scorsese. I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't argue that. Uh, my number two, I think, is your number one, uh, and that's The Social Network. Didn't make my list. Didn't make your list. Okay, wow, you have a, a number one that I didn't anticipate. My number two is The Social Network. I think that that might be the screenplay of the year, uh, or, of the, or of the decade, sorry. Uh yeah, there's just something. I mean, obviously, I'm a Fincher fanboy, but when he's paired with a Sorkin script and a Trent Reznor score and an incredible performance from Jesse Eisenberg and just an, an amazing, fascinating story about creating this thing that that united the world, but also clearly had some like, you know, unintended consequences and just like this this singular genius who is also not that great a person. Like, it was like the Aviator esque. In, in a sense, like I, I fucking love the social network. I I, I love it. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it quite much too. I I think at the time I wasn't as high on it. I've come around to that film. Um, I will say um, it's in my honorable mention. I have my honorable mentions before yeah, yeah, I get my can, one. Sure. Um, so social network, Manchester yep. uh, Drive were also on my honorable mention. Yep. Uh, the Revenant. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was another again. Leo again. When Alejandro is also one of those directors this um, this this decade. La La Land. Like I said, it was so fun and joyful. Uh, Prisoners. Nightcrawler. Um, so good. Uh, Silver Lines Playbook. And Prometheus, which gets under people's skins, but I've rewatched that. Yeah, you're and a big Prometheus. Still fan. find that film fascinating. My uh, honorable mentions included films like Spotlight, Django, Prisoners, La La Land, Call Me by Your Name. Uh, and then just to, fan of that. To, to shine a, a spotlight on some foreign films, um, Rust and Bone, Son of Saul, A Prophet. Those, Roma those, those, those are all. Uh, for me. Yeah, and, um, and I love um, like I love the Peter Berg movies, The, the Lone yeah. Survivor, PH Patriots Day. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Moonrise Kingdom, Fruitvale, huh? <laughs> Mile twenty two, <laughs> The Gray. Uh, the Gray was great. Creed launched like was so much good. There, shit. there was some good stuff this decade. It was not a bad decade for movies. I know people said this was a TV decade, but oh, I disagree. Please. I think the films this decade were fantastic. Leading to my number one is Inception. Um, oh, okay. I think it's I, I when I saw it, I walked out of there and I was like, "This is the best film I've seen in twenty years." At that time, probably and and that better than The Departed. I was. Blown away by the storytelling, loved the intensity. Thought it was so like talk about a great ensemble that just knocks it apart. And really, to me, signaled that like once the Dark Knight rise, once this Batman was over, Nolan was going to deliver time and time again when it came. Like I wanted Dark- Batman to be over so he could start doing stuff like this. And to me, obviously, he's and Tenant looks fantastic. I you know I some people have issues. I have not one single issue. It's a flawless film in my mind. And yeah, that's I remember I mean. Inception more for its set pieces. I love the ending. I love that ambiguous ending. But yeah, there's something that I think I might even go in a vacuum interstellar over in- Inception. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, my number one is uh, a movie that we've already talked about on this podcast. I did not say anything when Kroll brought it up. Uh, but it is, in fact, O.J. Made in America. Oh, wow. Awesome. Uh, and it's like – You you, know, you had a good poker face because yeah. like, people – like crap on me. I'm like, that's not a film. I'm like, won the Oscar. And I showed Roca this list before, and he said the same thing. He's like, are you really counting that as a movie? And I'm like, 
you have to choose. Someone was like, as, why don't you have when they see us on there? I'm as, like, shut as, your mouth. You just have to be consistent with it. So I have consistently put O.J. Made in America as a film rather than a, a TV series. Yes, it aired in five parts on ESPN, but I had seen it. Uh, I think I, I was sent screeners, but it, it also screened at Sundance yeah, in two had, halves with an intermission. They were screening. It at won the best documentary Oscar. Like, you know, if the film academy is, is, is considering it a film, then who am yes. I to argue? This is a movie. This is less a movie than a, a, a fucking historical document. Like, we are going to look back on this 20, 30, 50 years from Maybe now. Maybe watch it today. Yeah, like, and it captures America. It captures Los Angeles and the history of Los Angeles. The, uh, just race from, from the 70s on race through the in, 90s. in this country in right. general. Just the way it's examined. I mean, the I, like, you made a great point when we before we saw it. You're like... I talked to someone and they say you don't hear about the the murder until hour Episode three. three. That's right. The first two hours have nothing to do with the OJ crime. because it's just building up and the, 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 the like the way Ezra splits it from like OJ growing up to race in his like like the parallels leading up to this pivotal sure. moment. Unreal. To understand the trial and to understand the acquittal, you have to understand about the uh, the public's relationship to O.J. Simpson. And yes. So that's what those first two and are, the public's uh, relationship with the police. It, like, it is a brilliant work that, that I can't imagine how long it took to assemble everything, but it, it is really a, a staggering work of genius. Unreal! From all the element. people he got to go on. You, yeah. you know, it, it's you think about like you know the Firefest stuff came out later this year, and it was like a choice of getting this person on to that person on the way at, at, and. It's fantastic. It's, just, I, it's a living, breathing thing. So, you know, if you haven't seen OJ or you think you saw it all in the FX miniseries, I urge you to track uh, this I, down. I bet you in the next – I bet when my kid goes to college, it's a class for, like, civics or, like, the like psychology or something like that where, like, it's studied in right. that way. So that will do it for our best uh, of the decade. This episode's already running a little long, so we got to wrap it up. Uh, you got any fun holiday plans, Crow? You got an out of town? You got a baby on the we way. We got a baby on the way, so we're, we're staying here. I'm just running through a couple last screeners. I still have to see two popes, so that will finish off it's my really top good. ten. That was delightful. Uh, the farewell, I will be watching, and then um, some like basketball on Christmas Day. But really, I'm uh, sticking like when 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 you're 38 weeks pregnant, you, you don't really go many places. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, so you you don't go anywhere for that for you, you head home I'm, for Thanksgiving. I'm going down to San Diego uh, oh, to nice. visit the, the girlfriend's fam, and, and then just finishing the move. So, for so if you want to buy a couch or for Denzel, let me know. Uh, New Year's, I'd love to get out of town, but I, you know, I think I'm basically going to have to be moving out that day, December 31st. So that's the luck. Yeah, we may just stay in. Anyways, that'll do it for the Snyder Cut in 2019 in the the, the 20 teen decade. Thank you for listening. Uh, share this with your your friends, your family, your grandmother. Grandmas love me, guys. Crow, where can they find you? Uh, Kroll J Var on Twitter. I don't give my uh, so, uh, Instagram away and um, Variety.com. And I'm at the Insider on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Cameo. Order a Cameo for your loved ones, folks. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back in 2020. Happy Adios. holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Stay little chico, pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $849. Toastmaster small appliances are just $214 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Office valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.